Chapter 19 On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded them. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot, whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke, because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. Also, let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Chapter 20 And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. 
You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. An altar of earth you shall make for me, and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones. For if you wield your tool on it, you profane it. And you shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness be not exposed on it. Chapter 21 Now these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife, and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master, who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people, since he has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marital rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. 
Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place to which he may flee. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. When men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist, and the man does not die but takes to his bed, then if the man rises again and walks outdoors with his staff, he who struck him shall be clear. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is to not be avenged, for the slave is his money. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. When an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the fox shall not be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has been worn but has not kept it in, and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and its owner also shall be put to death. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to this same rule. If the ox gores a slave, male or female, the owner shall give to their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. When a man opens a pit, or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make restoration. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead beast shall be his. When one man's ox butts into another's so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price, and the dead beast also they shall share. Or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has not kept it in, he shall repay ox for ox, and the dead beast shall be his. Hello friends, welcome to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we're listening to the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase, and thanks so much for joining me in today's reading. Today we have gone through chapters 19 through 21 of the book of Exodus. Now I'm going to talk about some things that stuck out to me. So in chapter 19, the Lord is coming down on Mount Sinai and the Bible says that he comes down in uh, thunderings and lightnings and he's descended on it as a, a fire and like it's just this awe-inspiring moment it's it's almost scary and i think about the presence of god 
And I think about how there is nothing in this entire world and this entire universe that could command such attention like God did. And this is how powerful he is. Like his presence is like thunder and lightning and and there's, you know, trumpet sounding from heaven and he's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our worship and our praise. I mean, his presence is so glorious. It's so mighty that there was a boundary set up so that no one would touch the mountain or, or come near it. And the penalty for doing so was death. The people had to get ready for God's descending on the mountain. They had to wash their clothes. And I think this indicates that approaching God is no big deal. You know, he's not some puny God that we think we can just talk to. And I mean, and and we can, you know, talk to him and, and, and talk to him like a friend and, and approach him. Um, you know, like like a father, he's a loving God. But I also think there's a, a majesty to be commanded. I think there's a reverence to be had because when you talk to God, you're talking to God. You're talking to the creator of the universe, the creator of your soul, the one that's holding everything together. And you and I have this opportunity to have a conversation with him. Um, you know, just comprehend that for about three seconds. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Another thing I'd like to talk about is the Ten Commandments. Later on in the New Testament, Jesus sums them all up by saying, into two commandments, the first being to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the second commandment, I think we're all in agreement on, is to love people, to respect people. But the first one, I don't think people want to love God or give him the love that he deserves. When I look at reality, I see that we didn't get here on our own. Um, there was a creator, an intelligent designer that made all of this and put everything in order, in order. And that being is God. And God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us because we were not loving one another. We were living for ourselves. We were stealing and murdering and, and being and committing other selfish acts. And the penalty for those things was death. But God in his everlasting love sent his son to die for us to receive the penalty that we should have gotten in order that we may have everlasting life. And these commandments, um, you know, they're about loving God and respecting other people. And I, I just love that God made those commandments because I honestly don't think we would be able to love and respect one another on our own. I see that we we hate one another, we enslave and kill and lie 
to one another for selfish gain. We're greedy. Now, I'm not saying that man can't be good on their own, on its own. I know plenty of people who don't believe in God and, you know, they're, they're people who are, are good. Uh, they can do, do nice things and love for people, care for people, you know, uh, you know, give when, give to, give when necessary. But I, I think God set the, set the standard because, you know, God set the standard for good. You know, he is the one that's good. And out of his goodness came these 10 commandments, which are also good. They're good for mankind to, to prosper and, and thrive. And they're also good in, you know, giving God his due worship. Uh, speaking of worship, at the end of chapter 20, um, it talks about making an altar. And I just thought it was interesting that um, you couldn't make the altar with rocks or um, with rocks that like you have hewn yourself or sculpted yourself. The Bible says, for if you wield your tool on it, you profane it. And I think it's, it's kind of like saying, um, you know, look at this altar that I built with my tools, as opposed to look at this altar that I made with these stones that were formed, formed by the hands of God. Um, that's, that's just how I see it. Uh, and secondly, in, uh, in accordance with the, with the altar, the last verse says, you shall not go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness be not exposed on it. And I think that's really cool. It's a little cool detail, you know, because going up on the, the altar, going up by stairs, you expose your nakedness. Like someone coming up behind you could look up and see something that they probably didn't intend to see, but they would uh, kind of bring a curse on them, I'm imagining, because I'm thinking about what happened to Noah uh, when his uh, when his son saw his nakedness and how his uh, his descendants were cursed. Lastly, in chapter twenty one, it mentions slaves, and uh, let me tell you, I spent a good time, good amount of time, just thinking about this part of the Bible and what I was gonna say to you, because I know that. You know, people read read uh, parts in the Bible about slavery, and they um, accuse the Bible of endorsing slavery or being okay with slavery. Uh, you know, slavery that that happened um, a, a little over four hundred years ago. And I just wanted to say that that's not true. Uh, the Bible does not endorse the slavery that occurred when the Europeans enslaved. The Africans. I know that there have been people in the past that have used scripture to endorse slavery. You know, they established uh, what their version of scripture said. But, um, you know, I just want to say that one, slavery existed before Moses came around. Like, we, we know about that. We, when we read, uh, the end of Genesis and like the beginning of Exodus. And um, in history, you know, there are people that have used 
the Bible to, in fact, end slavery, the slavery that we know today. Um, I'm sorry, guys. This is just like, a, this is, I know this is a sensitive topic to talk about and I'm trying to treat it with care. And, you know, it's, um, it's a little difficult. I'm just being transparent with you right now. So um, when the Bible says slavery or servant, what are we, what is it talking about? So the, that term when it's used in the Bible is referring to what is known as indentured servitude. And so basically there were some ways that uh, Hebrews could become slaves to other Hebrews. So one way is to, if they had, if they were in extreme poverty, they had sold all their things already. The last thing that they could sell, sell was their themselves or their liberty, you know, and just say, Hey, I'm going to come work for you in exchange for food or shelter. Um, and if you were, if you were bankrupt, if you were a thief and you caught, you were caught stealing. And so you would work to pay off the things that you had stolen. And, um, and so there were, you know, there were parameters to these things because slavery wasn't just something to be done. It wasn't a way for people to overpower other people. It was, um, a a method of, of, of payment or, um, just, um, you know, a way to serve justice. So, um, also, um, God sets, uh, a time limit. He sets a standard by saying he shall serve six years and in the seventh, he shall go out free and pay nothing. And so the, the servant would work for six years and on the seventh, he was, he was set free. Um, that's nothing like slave, the slavery that you and I were, were taught about. Also, a person could choose to work for someone for life. Um, verses five and six says, but if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl and he shall serve him forever. So um, this is this, this slavery that the Bible talks about is vastly different from what we were talking about. And I just want to make that clear. And, you know, cause I, in reading about the Bible and studying the hard questions, um, I've heard people say, oh, well, the Bible started slavery. You know, people use the, use the Bible to, um, to show that they could have slaves. And, you know, the Bible endorses slavery and it says that it's okay. And, you know, one that just didn't sit right with me because I understood, um, because I, I just didn't believe that to line up with God's character. God is good. You know, we, we just read about the 10 commandments and the purpose in them were to give God his due worship and to respect human beings. So why would there be a chapter, two chapters after that, that says, oh, well, you know, slavery is fine and, and, you know, treating people as less than and fine and, and beating them and berating them is, is fine and treating them as less than a human being is fine. It just doesn't, it just doesn't line up. And, and so I think, you know, when we, 
when we hear things or say things that don't line up with God's character, you know, these things need to be ex- examined and we need to find out what the truth is. And from here, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just reading it out. You know, slavery is different than what we were taught. I know I've just said that for the third time. <laughs> um, the slavery in the Bible is different from the slavery that we grew up to be taught about in, in, in school. So I don't know, just, I just want that to be clear. And I just want to like, can we just find another, I don't know, you know, can we just find another reason to not, you know, like God or the Bible, just, just, can we just get rid of that reasoning? Cause it doesn't, it doesn't hold any water. It's not, it's not an, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's not an intelligent reason to not believe in God or to not read the Bible. It's just, that's just not a, good reason in my mind. Just don't be out here accusing God and accusing the Bible of nothing that the God or Bible didn't do. Did I say that right? Yeah. You know, don't be lying on the Bible. Don't be lying on God. All right. And the chapter goes on and it talks about murder and manslaughter and uh, uh, guarding your oxen and training your oxen properly so that it doesn't gore another person and if it does gore another person then you have to pay the fine and you know all these other laws and in these laws I see fairness and equality and and justice and I see God caring for his people because he doesn't want one person to be treated unfairly he doesn't want anyone to be treated as less than human He's the one that gives sanctity to human life. He's the one that makes our lives sacred. And I'm so thankful for that. And he deserves to be worshiped for that. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode, for spending your time here. It really means a lot to me. I don't know if you could tell, but it was a bit of a doozy talking to you. You know, I try to be mindful of who I'm talking to and I try to just, you know, speak wisely. I try to, you know, speak carefully and with sensitivity. And I hope I did that well today. If you don't think I did, that's fine. That's fair. You're allowed to have those thoughts. But I'd like to hear your comments, your questions, any thoughts that you have. Please don't hesitate to message me or comment on the video post at underscore Peculiar Productions or at Peculiar Productions on Facebook. There's no underscore needed there. I say that every time. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> but guys, this has been good. No matter how hard the topics get, I, you know, I'm going to be disciplined to make episodes and just do the best I can to just, you know, talk to you from my heart and try to speak as wisely as possible about the things that are sticking out to me as I read. So thank you for spending your time here. Thanks for coming. I hope you come back tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we're reading the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase. Know that I love you, but Jesus loved you first. I'll see you tomorrow. And we know Predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. 
call thee also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. <laughs>